Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts and uh, happy St Andrew's Day to all and any listeners. Um, I'm James Miller and I am joined this week by uh, Julia Rampen, uh, again for the second time, editor of The Staggers, which was the New Statesman's rolling online blog. Hello. Hello. And I'm also delighted to be joined again by Ian Murray, MP. Hello. Hello. You I should really are. find myself something to do on a Wednesday lunch. Yeah, time, you're like um, you're not like a moth to a flame. You're like you know those moths that live off rancid fruit and get drunk. You're like one of them. You're like one of those tropical moths. And this podcast is like a mouldy banana. I, just and the, you just keep coming back. Just for the interest and clarity of your listeners, I am actually sober. At yes, the that's true. Uh, but well, I just described this podcast as a rancid banana, but you know, in a good way. Um, and uh, both my guests have something in common. You're both Edinburgh South people. Or indeed. Yes. It's like an Edinburgh South special. Um, the Independent Socialist Republic of. Yes, indeed, of course. Uh, let's start with. I know you love the jingles, Ian, so let's start with this one. Um, new Year's resolution. I'm going to do some new new jingles. I'm going to cut that one and come up with some new ones. Um, Prime Minister's questions today. Um, I don't know. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it indifferent? Julia? I thought that the thing that was missing from it was Brexit. And um, I thought some of Mm. the things Jeremy Corbyn said were actually spot on about the economy, but he just couldn't get any further and say, and one of the reasons that the economy is tanking is because of Brexit. Yeah. Um, Is the economy tanking? According to the Brexiteers, it's wonderful. Yeah, according to the two think tanks I saw, um, we're all getting paid less over the next... In fact, I saw something saying it was the the worst decade for pay rises since the 1900s. Yeah, um, that's something to look forward to. That's something to cheer you up, Ian, because you've got lots to be happy about as Scottish Labour's only MP. Yeah, Uh, well, Um, I actually thought that that by nature of asking questions about the Autumn Statement, you were really referring to Brexit, because that's what the Autumn Statement was about, really. Um, Massive debts, deficits still not eradicated, despite the promises of the Tories to get it eradicated by 2015, were still borrowing £70 billion, £122 billion more by 2020. I mean, these are eye-watering figures, and it's right for Jeremy to highlight them. Did he highlight them in a effective way? Well, he just has to keep going on it. It's the old adage in politics is you keep repeating something until the public repeat it back to you, and he has to keep saying that the autumn statement shows that Brexit's a disaster. Can the public hear him, though? I mean, you can repeat it as much as you like. If the public aren't listening, you're just a man repeating something over and again, well, which is just, like a it, bit He just has to, to keep do. going on it. I mean, the entire discourse of politics in Britain at the moment is about Brexit, so he just has to keep every single week talking about it, highlighting the problems, highlighting the impact on public services. And to me, that was what was missing a bit, was just that further leap into talking about hard Brexit or soft Brexit. And I don't know if I blame Jeremy as much as some of the backbenchers in Labour who just don't want to talk about anything to do with staying in the European Union. True. Um, his, qu- his six questions as individual questions are always good. The problem is at PMQs, the trick is to either link them or to try and find a way of coming back at the Prime Minister. And that's what he fails to do. Now, his six individual questions as standalone questions are perfectly fine. But it's, it's, the, it's got those six questions have to be moulded together into a narrative. And also, he has to go back at the Prime Minister when she says things that blatantly aren't true. And because he doesn't, uh, does anybody much care about PMQs anymore? Um, the thing I noticed today was the empty seats on both sides 
uh, and there wasn't a lot of noise. It just felt like this wasn't as important as it used to be. Do you agree? Well, PMQs is up and down really in terms of attendance because a lot of people go away and do something else on a Wednesday afternoon. There's I mean, no it used compulsory to be, to be attendant, so it did used to be rammed. Um, there were spare seats on both sides. I don't mm. know why that is today. I don't know what the what, what's what else is happening. Maybe everyone's celebrating St Andrew's Day instead. Well, you could be right. Although the SNP benches were were full, of course, because they are very hard working. Well, that's because they? they get fined if they're not there. Do they? Yeah, of course right, they do. Right, hang on, is that true? You can't that go around saying lies true. on here and I'll get That's sued. That's absolute, absolute truth. That came straight from Dennis Skinner. Well, that doesn't, oh, doesn't make it necessarily true. So right, allegedly. 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 We'll allegedly. We'll put an allegedly. Right. They allegedly Thank get you. fined for and not And who being there. allegedly finds them? Where does it go? That must be for the chief whip, I would have thought. Oh, okay. Who's chief whip? Mike Weir. Mike Weir. Oh. But you wouldn't get fined if you went there. Yeah. If I went where? If you weren't at PMQs. No. You'd have to find yourself anyway. Yeah, you? absolutely. <laughs> I'd just, uh, yeah, being my own boss, I'd have to severely reprimand myself. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn is your boss, of course. Of course, yeah. No, uh, no, Kezia Douglas is my boss under the new constitution. No, but then of the Jeremy Corbyn's your boss above her, right? No, Kezia Douglas is my boss. Really? Yeah, she's the leader of the Scottish Labour Party. But he's the big boss. Well, he's the boss at Westminster, but he's not my boss. Not, not constitutionally oh, no. in the Labour Party. He has moved departments. Yeah, OK. Well, that's true. You are, of course, in the shadow cabinet, aren't you? But the Scottish shadow cabinet. Correct. Um, a couple of things that did come out of PMQs. Uh, Peter Grant was wearing a tie with sole tyres on it. Well done him. Julia spotted that. Good St Andrew's Day tie. Um, where should we go? Claire Perry and her Smexit. A smooth and smart exit from the EU. Do we think that's going to catch on, Smexit? I like the response on Twitter. What was that? From Mike Gapes, which says, Claire, Berry, Claire Perry's Smexit, more like Tory's Rexit. Oh, very nice. Which I thought was good. Yeah, that's how you win like uh, competitions and stuff, isn't it? With a rhyming yeah. slogans and like ten that. words or less. Well done, him. Uh, if it was a hard Brexit, it would be hex hexit, which ooh. sounds a bit sounds witchcraft. A bit eight sided. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh no, oh, octave eight. Oh, six. Hex- I'm trying to help you out here again. Yeah, otherwise hex- you'll have people, sided. people will be uh, uh, flagging you off. I just thought Smexit will get all the uh, red dwarf fans going, isn't it? They're always on about smeggy things. I was tra- having trouble trying to think of a word if Scotland left before Brexit. Um, I thought of scoot. Um, what, sc- Scotland out? Scoot? That's quite yeah. good. Uh, yes, scoot, um, scoot. Listen, nothing's going to be worse than Scolympians, is it? So, you know, Alex Salmon's famous uh, Goodness, word. You remember the Scolympians? Do you know, I was thinking this morning, I might watch the um, 2012 opening ceremony again. Everything's so rubbish at the moment. That was amazing. I might just start watching that every night to sort of. Uh, it was kind uh, of a, a weird new Labour um, opening ceremony yeah. with the NHS and the. But it was great. Do you remember when yeah. things were really good, like four years ago? It was, oh, was, you know, everything that was good about Britain. Anyway. Well, they kind of everything was already going a bit pear shaped, but it was planned way before that, right? Yeah. So. And they it was the booed, last blast. you know, they booed George Osborne. The Olympics were brilliant. Really. Do you think you might be the only one in the country on St Andrews night watching the opening of the <laughs> Olympic Games from 2012? Oh, don't say that. I'll get all sorts of abuse now. Um, I've already had some yeah. abuse. We'll come on to that in a second. But let's just cover. Um, <laughs> let's cover Fiona Bruce and her Christmas comments. There was a report at the weekend which claimed that people are afraid to talk about Christmas in their workplaces. Uh, as far as I'm aware, was based on nothing at all. I was on the BBC on Saturday night and said, this is utter rubbish. Um, Julia, you've got one question at PMQs. You're Fiona Bruce. You get up and ask a stupid thing about a thing that's not true. 
It's rubbish, isn't it? I don't know what you're talking about, because whenever I bring mince pies into my office, there's this kind of fear descends over the office and oh. everyone pretends that they can't see what I'm doing, but you know, well, it's an important issue. To be fair, that's because you work at the New Statesman, you know. I'm it's joking, like, they oh, love you wishy-washy lefty. Oh, no. I'm joking, they love mince pies. Of course they do. Of course that happens at any workplace. But, like I said, the, the serious point to this, right, it's a kind of stupid thing and Theresa May bit and said oh yes you should be welcome to talk about your faith at this work which I'm not sure it's entirely true you don't want to bore people with it but um, it gives the idea that the immigrants are ruining Christmas and that's just rubbish right? Yeah I, I think my friends of many faiths and none all like Christmas because they like sleeping in late Exactly because yeah. you know it's not like Christians hate whatever you know Hanukkah or Ramadan or whatever the, the various religious festivals are and similarly, people of other faiths don't hate Christmas. I it think, just doesn't happen. I think a lot of Christians don't like talking about Christmas because of what it means now for them. And, and you know, yeah. when people say there's 364 days to Christmas, you just cringe. And because this country has a proud tradition of being quietly Christian. Yeah. You know, the Church of England is hilariously wishy-washy, which, you know many people would say is a good thing but you know you don't go around proclaiming your faith and talking about it all the time that's and kind of actually, part of the deal same, think, same with the church of Scotland, I think we're forgetting the most annoying Christmas people here which is the retailers as a yes, former yeah. consumer journalist you know you'd be writing about it in September or October um, yeah. Phil Collins playing the Christmas panpipes in Tesco is not on in November in person yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what he does. Maybe he doesn't, man. Who knows? He might be. Um, I have no idea. Can you ask that as a PMQ? Yes. That, right, next PMQ, I ask. What, Would what? the Prime Minister give consideration <laughs> to banning any panpipe music in supermarkets, particularly at Christmas, and particularly if it's Phil Collins? That is a really good PMQ. You've got to do that. She would have no idea how to answer it. It could bring the government down. Well, she would have no idea. I, you've gone too far. I don't think it's going to bring the government down. To be honest with you, you know, is she I was going with to upset you. Phil question. Collins? I don't like is she not either. going to upset Phil Collins? Well, he's a noted Tory, isn't he? Very much so. Like Kate Bush. Oh, how disappointing was that? Who else was Although different? I was really happy because yeah. I could find that GLC yes, video that was from a the good, 80s. Uh, and I yes. wonder, a p- good PMQ today would have been if the Prime Minister likes Kate Bush. <laughs> That'd be good. Because if you said no, I think she's <laughs> awful. That would be good, wouldn't it? Uh, I like the idea of her listening that, to Wuthering Heights right now, just in a room by herself. To try and find out who she is. Even uh, what what sort of music does Theresa May like? Who you know? Who is Theresa May? What, what does she listen to? Hymns. I bet she listens to hymns. We don't know much about politicians' music taste, do we? Because only Richard Bergen seems to be some heavy metal fan. But that seems about it. And we Gordon only find Brown. out when they're in Desert Island Discs. Yes. Yeah. And Gordon Brown loves the Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. I was really unconvinced by Ed Miliband's Desert Island Discs. Oh, what did he pick? Yeah, he, he picked pe- the South African national anthem. Oh, right. Oh, mm. God. Well, I don't know. He was a bit weird, wasn't he? I mean, he would have quite weird choices. He was yeah, quite it's a not weird the man. kind of thing you would take to Desert Island with you, is it? I don't know. Fill you with hope and, you know, all that <laughs> anti-apartheid stuff and all that. It'd be right. quite... You'd be better with some talking book on how to build a raft, I would have thought. Who knows what the South African national anthem sounds like? I do. Oh, well done. Is it good? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice. Oh, there you go. Then. But I just, I just don't buy it. It just corresponds too closely with his political message at the time. Yeah. All right. Um, after well, let's let's come back to that one. Let's do a let's do a can Desert I, Island Can I go off podcast. a small tangent? I think you say, can I go off? I don't know you talk about. In Edinburgh, did a big event, the tenth anniversary of the fall of apartheid in South Africa. Right. And the South African High Commissioner at the time came up to do it with us over two days, and she went out onto stage to make a speech in front of four thousand people, and she started the speech. And halfway through the speech, she just decided to stop and break it into the national anthem. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. 
Oh, that's I picked a bad example. So maybe yeah. that's why he has it. There yeah. you go. Well, then maybe you take it as well because it would remind you of that lovely event. Well, there you go. Ah, Good. Okay. I've got my yeah. first Desert right. Islander. Yeah. To be fair, there was a lot of other choices. That's the only one I could remember yeah. off the top of my he head. Picked, well, I can't He picked something. Did he not pick this? It wasn't the Smiths. It was something like that, wasn't it? Something I weird. Take on me or something. Yes, that's right. Oh, aha. Aha, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That was the only uh, one I believed in. That is a good tune, but you, you do get fed up with it quite quickly, I find. I mean, because I listen to it all the time. The video was groundbreaking, wasn't it? It was. I remember that. You, see, you and I are the same age. We remember Sorry, all this we're stuff. Sorry, we are, you know, um, too old. <laughs> so too old there we go. Cool. Uh, how did we get from Christmas onto that? I don't know. Best Christmas song? Oh, that's a very good question. Go the best then. Christmas song? The Pogues. Oh, Is it the Pogues, though? Is it the Pogues? I don't know. I had a discussion last year with John Nicholson, and he said the Pogues should be banned because it's got a rude word in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like... No, a Grinch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's kind of. I mean, it has got a kind of bad word in it. If you want to be really touchy. The only thing oh, I can right. is it like a something? It's not just a swear word. It's something. Oh, it's the well, it's the, the it's a cheap lousy faggot. She calls oh, it. Oh right. Yeah. But you know, it's set in a certain time. It's obvious. You know, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I thought he was being a bit Grinchy. The only the only tune I can play on the piano is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," which oh, has, which nice. is very niche. Oh, that's a nice one, though. That's a good, good choice. Good at this time of year. Um, it should add a piano with us. Uh, oh, this is going to be amazing. Jingle. We're going to do a, uh, yeah. a Desert Island Discs Ian Murray special. plays the piano special. This is going to be brilliant. So my two Desert Island um, Discs would be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and Chopsticks. No, it is um, Just Like Christmas by Lowe. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. I have no idea what that is. I Look have. it up. It's really good. Um, let's talk about... Uh, Right, I'm going to try and make this vaguely smooth because you mentioned your post on the Staggers yesterday about Kate Bush, yes. which was a good post. I've got a post on the Staggers today, see how smooth that was, about St Andrew's Day becoming a thing in Scottish politics. Apparently this makes me a conspiracy theorist and unhinged, according to certain nationalist critics. But I don't think I am. St Andrew's Day has become a thing in Scottish politics, hasn't it? Well, it's, be- it's become a thing in Scotland, Yes. And if politicians want to well, hijack it, then fine. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating St Andrew's Day. I mean, the, the English celebrate St George's Day, Day and the Welsh St David's Day. The thing that I do think St. is St Patrick's Day is very much celebrated. Yes. The thing I do think is criminal is having a bank holiday and a Wednesday in November. It's I mean, weird. you only get so many a year and it would be much better in the summer or at least yeah, on, at the end of the weekend. Is it turns extra? Out, yeah, it turns out the Scots get that one. That's an extra bank holiday. They get. Oh, I take it all back. And I is mean, it today? I yeah. mean, why, why are we here? Why am I here today? Because you're in England. So it's not a bank holiday in England. Oh. Bad luck. Um, you know, everybody at, in Scotland has got the day off so they can sit in front of BBC Parliament and watch the SNP's backbench debate, not backbench, sorry, opposition day debate on... Is it on St Andrew's Day? Is it on celebrating no, Scotland? No, it's not on St Andrew's Day. It's not on the Autumn Statement. It's not on poverty. It's not on inequality. It's not on Scotland. It's on Chilcot. It is on... It's on Tony Blair, isn't it? Let's well, it is, yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Alex Salmond has got out of his box and is kicking Tony Blair. Um, what do we think of that? Because, I mean... If they had done... Opposition Day debate on isn't Scotland brilliant? We would accuse them of being twee and you know. Uh, they could have done the impact of, of the autumn statement on Scotland, uh, the impact of Brexit on Scotland, um, what the SNP are actually going to do given they've been in power now for another six and a half months, not even brought a bill to the Parliament. <laughs> That's a fair I mean, point. I can see you that know. turning kicking Tony Blair into an annual celebration has more appeal for them. That's true. It's, yes. Uh, Maybe they should have kick Tony Blair Day on the thirtieth of uh, November. 
Um, well, I don't think so because I don't think Tony Blair should be kicked. Well, I would. I'm willing to go out a, a limit for them. But the um, problem with it, I mean, there is a serious point about today's debate, though. The point is that they brought it today. Opposition day debates for third parties are very rare. I think mm-hmm. we only get five a year, maybe less, maybe four. And they've decided to use today's half-day debate, the, the prime slot after the autumn statement, to talk about Chilcot when we had a two-day debate in it in July on a motion that's actually based on something that Chilcot didn't say because Chilcot specifically said that Tony Blair didn't deceive the Cabinet, Parliament or the public and their motion's about didn't Tony Blair deceive Parliament, Cabinet and the public and therefore should be hung. But it is, let's make the counter-argument that actually it's good politics because Tony Blair was interviewed, uh, how appropriate, in the New Statesman last week. Indeed. He is on the comeback trail, there's no doubt about that. Um, so maybe it's not a bad idea to remind everybody of the bad thing he did. Uh, <laughs> the one, is that, one bad thing. Well, you know, the, the main bad thing, well, you can argue about all the other stuff. I don't think most people um, would agree that the Iraq war was a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that in the interview he was clear that he did want to play an influential role in politics. Again, he did say he didn't think he'd be back to the front line. Um, So yes, he is. I suppose he would like to see himself as coming in to influence the debate on Brexit rather than a war 10 years ago. And the SNP motion has been successful in stirring up trouble in the Labour Party because, you know, they were discussing it at the PLP on Monday, I believe. I mean, that is the debate. Are... Are the SNP here at Westminster to stir up trouble for the Labour Party, which seems to be their raison d'etre, or to hold the Tory government to account? And today they should have been using their prized opposition day debate to hold this rancid Tory government to account, not harping back to something on a motion based on false pretenses about Tony Blair. The Scottish people can make their own mind up. I was against the war in Iraq, but I'll vote against the motion today on the basis that the motion's actually just completely and utterly wrong. I think it's fair to say as well that there's a lot of people within Labour who wish that Tony Blair wasn't arriving at this exact moment in time and although they might agree with him privately would prefer that he wasn't um, becoming a figurehead again because it brings up all all of this stuff and it is such an open goal for the SNP. It is of course but you know John Major makes interventions as the former Prime Minister Mm. you know um, Gordon Brown makes interventions as the former Prime Minister. There is no reason why. I'm sure David Cameron in time will mm. make interventions. There's no reason why a former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom who's Prime Minister for 13 years or 10 years uh, can't come back and give his opinion on what is the biggest issue to hit Britain in generations. Well, then you're raising an interesting point, aren't you, that the problem is that somehow he's seen as toxic, despite winning elections, despite doing what most people in the SNP would think was good stuff about you know minimum wage and all the social democratic stuff he did while in power, and yet somehow Labour have allowed him to become this bogeyman. Did you notice interestingly today for the second time in, in two weeks Jeremy complimented the previous Labour government taking mm. nearly a million children out of poverty. It's two weeks in a row he said that we can't keep trashing Labour's legacy. How how is that a thing? He's the Labour leader. Of course he's going to do that. I mean, that's the bizarre yes, thing. Yes, but he spent that, most of his time in the that, opposite Remember, <laughs> remember during weird. the leadership debate when someone asked him what was worse, uh, Trotsky or Blair, and he couldn't come up with an answer? <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, I, don't know. Um, I know what answer he would have given you. Well, yeah, I strongly suspect. I mean, you know, this is the thing with the... the presumably you were in the PLP meeting on Monday arguing for a three-line whip against the SNP motion. I, I wasn't in the PLP huh? uh, on Monday evening, but I was. I, I, I very strongly believe that we should vote against the SNP motion because if a motion says something that's not true, we shouldn't back it. I mean, why, why would you? I mean, if, if somebody claims something that's not true, you should, you should stand up and say it's wrong. Yeah. Now, it didn't matter if you're 
pro-anti-Iraq, pro-anti-Blair, pro-anti-Parliament, pro-anti-Chilcot, the motion's wrong and everyone on all sides of those arguments will be voting against it tonight on that basis. And it will get voted down. Well, the, the government are a two-line whip, so they'll oh, okay. vote against it as well. Fine. Um, since we're talking about Labour, uh, let's talk about Scottish Labour, because there are new poll ratings out again today. Uh, you know, I feel bad for bringing this up here, but, jeez, I've written down Scottish Labour sunk, aren't they? Well, look, we've got a long-term project um, to try and get Scottish Labour back on track. We're the only ones that are talking about the real issues in Scotland. The SNB are banging on about independence. The Tories claim to be defending the union but have taken us to the brink with evil and Brexit. They need to apologise to the Scottish public for promising to protect the union and now end up in a situation whereby they're threatening it. We're talking about train fares, we're talking about the NHS, we're talking about education, we're talking about the things that, that actually in people's daily lives want improved. And I think that strategy of trying to get the government to get back to their day job and stop harping on about the constitution the thing that you're forgetting on those poll numbers is that 56% of people now think we should be staying in the UK and that even more people think we shouldn't have a second independence referendum and yet all our government is doing is harping on about it. Not one bill in the Scottish Parliament in six and a half months that's a total dereliction of duty that and is, we'll keep making the arguments. That is quite remarkable but yeah, just um, your point to the figures which seem to suggest the, if there was an election the SNP would get 64 seats, Labour would get 17 and the Tories 32. I mean the other thing to remember about this is it's a poll and polls are all rubbish. They're always right? wrong. Yeah. Should we pay that much attention to these polls? Well, I was talking to people about Labour not that long ago and um then they were saying, you know, that they liked Kezia being in charge. These were people within the Labour Party. I think Ian knows them all. And um, but they were saying even then that they thought poll ratings would get worse before they get better. So whether well, that's, that's being true. optimistic, <laughs> the first bit. But that's I don't true, think anyways. I don't think it's a surprise to those people that poll ratings are as bad as they are at the moment. And don't forget, we're being attacked from all sides. We're being attacked by the SNP. Look at what they're doing today in the chamber. They're not attacking the Tories. We're being attacked by the Tories, and we're being attacked from both of them on a false premise. The Tories say we're weak on the union when we're not, when it's actually them that's setting the union. And the SNP saying that we're not a left-wing party when indeed they're the centre-right party and we have the policies and the manifesto uh, of a centre-left party. So... We need to get the message across, and I think Kez is doing a fantastic job. She's got the most difficult job in politics, but she's doing it well. People like her, and we just have to keep plodding on. And um, We need a voice, we need a Scottish Labour voice in Scotland. Otherwise, we end up with a centre-right SNP against a centre-right Tories, and that's bad for Scottish people. Um, but according to the polls, that's what Scottish people want. Well, if that's what the Scottish people want, right? they can continue to vote for it. But, it'll be, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. we have well, to make the arguments about why that's a, not right. It's a poll. I mean, I, you know, it does amaze me that polls are still news. Well, well, it doesn't, what what interests me at the moment is what's happening in the rest of Labour, because I've come across quite a few Labour MPs from Leave constituencies now that are really banging on after something that's close to English nationalism. And at the same time, um, you get the inner city metropolitan Labour MPs who are very much against that kind of movement. So I'd be interested to see which of those streams of thought wins out. Mm. Sometimes I think you can see a split in John McDonnell and Jeremy Corbyn on this as well. Um, and how does that react in Scotland? Because I, I don't know how, how Scottish Labour reacts to an English nationalist tinged Labour. If well, that ever the, 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 I mean, the, the big issues that we need to confront that we've not done for many years, and that's why we're in this problem, we have to confront immigration and ask people what their, what their views are and what their concerns are and then deal with it. I mean, that's what the Labour Party's always done. 
We can't, on the one hand, just say immigration is wonderful and bury our head in the sand because the public want us to say, well, what's the Labour solution to these kinds of issues? And we have to have one. And that's what we've not had. We've not had any intellectual debate or intellectual policy development about any of these big issues. And, and that's what we need to do. But I've no problem at all with English nationalism. What we need to do is find a constitutional settlement that helps the English regions as much as it helps Scotland. Um, on that front, I don't want to keep plugging the new statesman. But, um, Are you being paid I by know, them? I know, it sounds really dodgy, on. but I did think... Uh, did you give him a mince pie? Is that what I, I did give I don't like mince pies. Um, so there's, there's, what? So, thought, so you don't like Christmas? You don't I like do mince like Christmas. Pies. No, I do you like don't like Christmas. St Andrew's Day. I didn't say I don't You've like had a go at the Christians. I mean, come on. I just on. don't like mince pies. I do like Christmas. Um, Bridget Phillipson's piece uh, on the staggers, I thought was very good in her analysis of where Labour is at and where it's going wrong. Did you read that? Um, I didn't know, but I didn't hear it was very good. <laughs> you should have thought it was very good. Uh, and hopefully she'll be coming on this podcast in a couple of weeks to discuss. Um, okay, we've done... Well, yeah, you say, you've made me sound like I'm offending Scots, Christians, <laughs> and all the rest of it. Uh, well, I've, I just endorsed the Pogue song without realising how deeply yeah, offensive uh, you've it You've offended John Nicholson. Nobody offends John Nicholson. Just as well, you've offended the fashion police, James, or that would be really a problem. Well, look, right, the, the other thing I've written down is hats. Okay, uh, you know, I don't think everyone really wants to discuss hats, For the record's sake, James has been... Described as a Lothian bus driver. Yeah, which, no, which is a compliment, of this course. This is basically yes. my Clive Lewis fancy dress outfit, and Ian Murray has come on here and said I look like a Lothian's bus driver. Uh, just purely based on the colours, right? Yeah, based because on the colours. That's, and... that's like, my jumper is like the colour of a heart shirt. You should like it. Uh, and that, Lothian buses are the colour of heart shirts. I mean, you've just proved my point. I'm not sure many people See, would take that as a compliment. Your colour schemes like are a... matching. Yeah, I've just noticed that. We're both for the. Yeah, and you're slagging me. Well, you know, much. upstairs only. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, that's what bus drivers say when the buses fall downstairs. Do they? Bus drivers don't speak in London. Oh, they don't. Uh, it's only, you bus know, dri- Lothian bus drivers are fantastic. Are they? Really? Great advocates for the city. Really? Because London bus drivers are mad. They drive really fast and some of them are really rude. So you've upset bus drivers, <laughs> Christians, I who haven't ups- people who wear uh, hats. Well, good. That's how you, clicky, clicky. That's how you get listeners, right? Um... I'm going to upset you by not playing the Jeremy Corbyn song. Uh, there you go. What do you think of that? Um, another time. You'll have to come back on another time and I'll I'm play sure it, let you be. listen to the Jeremy Corbyn song because it looks like he's going to be around for a while now, doesn't it? He's quite seasonal. He, he is. quite Christmassy. I was, do you know, as a yeah. freelance man, I was trying to punt an uh, interview with the politician who looks most like Sally Christmas. It used to be Frank Dobson. Yes. But it's not anymore, is it? Now, Lord Liz Vane, Robert Rogers. What about is it Lord Hilton with a long white beard? Oh, he yes. Yes. Peter Dowd with a white beard might look a bit Santa-like, but he hasn't got a beard. I mean, anybody with a white beard would look a bit Santa-like. Come on. There's so many white beards already. <laughs> but yes, it's with true. A white Jeremy beard Corbyn. And a red suit. Jeremy Corbyn does, has a beard basically, but he wouldn't be a very good Santa, would he? He is not a jovial, ho ho ho, bouncing children on his knee type of guy. There'd be a lot of disappointed children. I think so. I mean, unless it was, you know, Cuban street children, then he'd be happy, but he wouldn't be very happy with it. Right, so that's Cuban street children. Jeremy Corbyn. This list is getting huge. Right, maybe maybe I won't let you come back on my. The most offensive podcast. Maybe I won't let you come back on my rancid banana of a podcast. (laughs) Um, Right, uh, and on on that bombshell. Uh, of I don't know what the bombshell was. Hate, I look like the a, bombshell I look, hate. I look like Clive Lewis dressed as a Lothian bus driver. Uh, Lothian bus driver. Um, I will say uh, thank you to my guests. I think um, <laughs> thank you Julia and thank you Ian. 
Um, if you want to get in touch to discuss anything, uh, I am politicalyeti at gmail.com or at politicalyeti on Twitter. Uh, the same if you want to get in touch to offer me money to sponsor this, uh, what I've just described as a rancid banana. Seems unlikely. But uh, Mr. Fife's, are you out there? Come on. Uh, get in touch in the same uh, same contact details and uh, tune in next week for another of Political Yeti's politics podcasts. Thank you.